Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thank you for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wellman with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. Good to be back for another week. And Chris Woodward. Good morning. Brother Ed Vitagliano is out today. Uh, he'll be back Wednesday. So if you're wondering where our Italian Greek man is, that's where he is. Uh, he's out. He's out. Yeah. He's not sick or anything. He just. And uh, he's not saying he's out of it. No, he's not out of it. He's not sick. <laughs> He's okay. He's, okay. he's on assignment. Yes, he's a, that's right. He's a, good. Good. That's good, Chris. As a, new, a proper newsman might say, he's on assignment. Uh-huh. So um, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, just or if you want to watch on Facebook or YouTube, the show, uh, you can go to, uh, you can go to just type in today's issues, today's issues, and you can access the show there. On our Facebook page, we do post the stories that we discuss here during this hour and 25 minutes and uh, if you're wondering why i look like mr tomato head <laughs> it's because i was at the ball field all day saturday that'll do it so, yeah it was sunshine all day mm-hmm. and huh my little anglo face couldn't take it uh after about a few hours do you use sunblock i do i didn't saturday though and it it, it 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 showed um mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, my grandsons are into baseball, you know, Sure. T- two of them. Well, all of them will be, mm-hmm. but, uh, two of, two of my grandsons had tournaments on Saturday at the same field. So one of them's a seven U and one of them's eight U by U. I mean, under, uh-huh. so we're going out, Alice and my wife and I, we're going back and forth, back and forth. So they had eight games between them. So it was nine to nine, uh-huh. at the ball, nine to nine at the ball field. Wow. Know. That's quite a tournament. Well, yeah, you know, what w- one kid had for one of them had four, and the other one had four games. If you keep winning, you keep play, you yeah. keep playing it. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a, a, I don't know what you call that. Uh, it's good. It's good on one hand, and on the other hand, uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. it was fun. We had a good time, yeah. but uh, that was it. Was in the sunshine all day. Yeah. On on Saturday, but I, you know what? I'm thankful to have warm sunshine. Oh yeah, after, that's. Right. After the winter, mm-hmm. I'm, fav- I'm I'm glad to have warm sunshine as opposed to cold sunshine, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm glad that it's warm uh-huh. and we have sunshine. Yes. Uh, now, on a more serious note, uh, had uh, springtime is uh, bringing storms mm-hmm. uh, to much of the country and uh, tragedy struck in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Americans uh, need our prayer this morning, first responders as well. Uh, in the Wichita area, a tornado barreled through parts of Kansas, uh, destroyed or damaged hundreds of homes and buildings, killed at least three people, uh, left more than 15,000 people without power. I'm reading from the Associated Press. Uh, this, again, is in the Wichita area. The three people that killed or that were killed are three University of Oklahoma meteorology students who were chasing one of those tornadoes, as we often see now when you're watching maybe your local forecaster or even 
uh, a channel like the Weather Channel or Weather Nation, Fox Weather, what have you. You got a lot of people that go out and to try to provide some video, try to provide some analysis of these uh, twisters. You got people that chase tornadoes, and threes, uh, these three young men unfortunately lost their life doing that. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've seen some of the videos uh, when that hit was Friday evening, I, I believe it was. And, you know, you, you, you have your local weathermen who say, get in your safe place. Mm-hmm. Well, these videos show why those warnings need, oh, to, sure. be, need to be heated. Uh, because this tornado, which I, I, I think it was three, uh, it was a level three they've determined so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, they determined that by the level of damage that it does. But, I mean, just picking up <clears throat> buildings. This, it was up to 165 miles per hour mm-hmm, at mm-hmm, one point. Mm-hmm. They just pick up buildings, pick up roofs. Pick up mm-hmm. vehicles. Mm-hmm. And over the community it hit was is just east of uh, Wichita, as you Wichita, said. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, that the tornado happened during the daytime, and you could it's 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 frightening. Yeah. Just just mm-hmm. to watch it, uh, mm-hmm. watch it on and and the power. Yeah. Uh, that it 160, 165 mile an hour winds. Mm-hmm. It just, that just explodes buildings. Just obliterates. And, and explodes buildings right. and just tosses cars and trucks around like they're mm. n- nothing. So, And it, it's, as we experienced here in Tubalo back several years ago, you know, a house just down the street could not be touched. Right, right. But just up the street where this path, path of this storm mm-hmm. goes, it just tears it apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's frightening. Uh, tornadoes, you know, a hurricane, you get warning. Yeah. You get lots of warning yeah. many times, days ahead. Yeah. Uh, often with tornadoes, though, it's just like minutes or hours. Yeah, you do get, yeah. You, you, you do know because of the sophistication of meteorology today, you do get, mm-hmm. uh, you do get a general warning that, okay, it's going to be bad weather, <clears throat> potentially tornadoes in a given area, mm-hmm. but Let's face it, for those of us who live in uh, uh, area, in areas that tornadoes can, mm-hmm. we can get those warnings, mm-hmm. uh, those uh, watches, you get a little bit desensitized to it, okay? Yeah. Um, but um, how many people passed away in this? At least three. Yeah. But... And it sure beats the old days mm-hmm. where, you know, you didn't have Doppler radar. Yes. And you didn't have um, the instant alerts on sure. your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a tornado warning in your area, you get a buzz on your phone pretty quick. So mm-hmm. you can't, you do have, you do have uh, warnings uh, much better than we used to, let's mm-hmm. say in the past. Sure. But still, sad to see any loss of life. And that area was hit several years ago. It's the same yeah. area that was hit several years ago. So yeah. be praying for those folks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that Kansas, Oklahoma probably is, is that, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers recently. They probably get more tornadoes than anybody else. I guess it's In part of country. Tornado Alley. Yeah. 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 Because of the, uh, as we mentioned before, clash mm-hmm. that takes place in the middle of the country, the heartland between the Gulf water, I mean, the Gulf air, the hot, and then the cold Canadian air, boom! They meet in the middle of the uh, U.S., and that's why you get so many, so much tornadic activity, especially in the spring, and then again in in the fall. And there's more bad weather on the way. Listening to the forecast this morning, there's a system coming in from the Pacific 
<clears throat> that's going to roll across the, the midsection and into the southeast Wednesday and Thursday this week. So uh, to your point, we're getting a warning ahead of time that more bad weather is on the way. There's actually going to be snow in behind in some parts of the uh, the upper Midwest from this system. Snow. Snow. Yeah. yeah. It's May. It's yeah. May. <laughs> I, I, it's been years ago, probably 15 years ago, but the uh, the Braves and the Rockies were scheduled to play one another in uh, Colorado in early May, uh, early that season, and yeah, it got snowed out. Now, I always thought that was odd, but for you know, if you live in Colorado, that's not that abnormal. Yeah, Steve, Steve Jordan can tell you about sure. the, the old expression, you know, if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. Yes. <laughs> no, no place that's truer than Colorado. You know, with the sure. weather coming over the mountains. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, again, we hope you had a uh, we hope you had a good weekend, folks, and uh, we uh, will be here with uh, our today's issues program this week. If you're wondering where Ray Pritchard has been, Ray's usually on with us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Well, because of the uh, <clears throat> situation with the nine to ten o'clock hour, I'm talking center, Central Time, which just precedes our program. Uh, Ray's been filling in. Uh, you know, when Dan, Celia, our brother, dear brother, passed, um, and even before then when he was sick, we had to do some fill-in programming. And now Jeff Shreve, uh, pastor of Texarkana, Texas First Baptist Church, Te- Jeff does a daily show mm-hmm. for us from 8 to 9, and then 9 to 10 o'clock we're going to have a new financial show on the way. Wow. Uh, yeah. Good. Pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh and won't tell you everything about that right now. Mm-hmm. Some details are still being worked out, but uh, it'll be an hour financial show. Great. And now in the in the interim, uh, Ray uh, Pritchard has agreed to fill in and help mm-hmm. us out. Mm-hmm. So so if he's going to do five days a week by himself, <laughs> he's going to be out of gas yes. to yes. do this show. So we uh, we uh, let him skip this show but he'll be back in the road in the today's issues rotation will ray pritchard coming up in the next few weeks chris what's leading the news well uh dhs secretary alejandro mayorkas is doing uh probably what can be fairly described as damage control uh because as we discussed last thursday on this here program uh, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas announced last week that DHS has what has been described as a disinformation governance board. The Homeland Security has a board called the Disinformation Governance Board. And um, let's let's put a little bit of context here uh, because I want to match what he said last week with what he said over the weekend, which in my opinion, the two don't gel. So let's begin here. Uh Secretary Mayorkas was at a House subcommittee hearing last week, midweek, and he answered a question from Representative Lauren Underwood as to what DHS was doing to combat mis- and dense disinformation, uh, particularly amongst people of color, in the 2022 midterm elections. This is the answer from Mayorkas, clip two. We have a number of different offices engaged in this critical effort. Of course, our cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency um, has an entire effort focused on election security right. uh, as part of its mission set. Our Office of Policy, Office of Planning, Policy, and Strategy um, also uh, is a leading effort. Uh, uh, our Undersecretary uh, for Policy, Rob Silvers, is co-chair uh, with our Principal Deputy General Counsel, Jennifer Daskal, in um, leading a just recently constituted 
uh, a misinformation, disinformation governance board. So we're bringing, uh, the goal is to bring the resources of the department together to address this threat. Now, within minutes, really, of that comment being made, a lot of people started comparing this to 1984 and Big Brother, all kinds of things. And then you had people saying, oh, by the way, DHS shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and so over the weekend, Secretary Mayorkas went on various network talk shows to try to clear the air. One of those network talk shows was ABC's This Week, and Mayorkas said DHS should have done a better job communicating what this disinformation governance board is about, clip three. We could have done a better job in communicating what it does. We address disinformation that presents a security threat to the homeland. Our work does not infringe on free speech. Okay, so does not infringe on civil rights, civil liberties. It's not about speech. Well, it's about the connectivity to violence. Okay, um, this is the Department of Homeland Security. Oh, Secretary. Secretary. Yeah. It's a cabinet-level position. Yes. This is the man who's been on TV a lot, who's responsible for um, border control. And doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's not... <laughs> you know, Fred, Fred uh, that's that's Canadian sarcasm there. <laughs> They're known for their Canadians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He's doing a great. He's, um, he's the point of the spear, tip of the spear. Is that what you call it for mm -hmm. for the administration for open borders, basically. Yeah. Uh, this guy, this gentleman here, um, Mayorkas. Yes. He he rarely has any satisfactory answers for the Republicans, at least, who ask him questions about border control, border security, um, uh, which has been non-existent, relatively non-existent since Biden came in because Biden with, you know, Biden took back all the policies that President Trump had put in place, which stopped, um, uh, basically stopped the mass flow of illegal immigration into America over our southern border. We all know we've talked about this, as they say, ad nauseum. So, uh, but this guy, he just seems to have no answers, uh, no satisfactory answers for for that problem. And now this is a separate issue that he's talking about. A When I hear that the federal government, uh, Department of Homeland Security, is getting into determining what is disinformation and what is misinformation and they're going to have a board. Yeah. Uh, my questions, my question would be, um, as you said, Chris, what, what purpose, uh, would this board exist? Who's going to be on it? What authority do they have? Right. Huh? What authority do they have? Uh, I, I've never heard of this before. Fred? Well, I, I, I except think, in communist countries. Yes. And I think why Mayorkas admits they, they did a bad job in describing this. And here's the reason why. When people heard about this board of disinformation, we have now lived through enough. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, anybody who disagreed with right. Dr. Fauci right. was, was perpetrating a cr the crime of disinformation. Right. If you mention that word, Ivor, and I won't say the rest of right. it, 
or hydroxy, and I won't right. say the rest of it. If you said you were accused of disinformation, and basically it was the way for the mainstream media to dis and to not report even an alternative point of view. And then, of course, we have had the accusations being made that against former President Trump that he put out there all kinds of bad information, disinformation about the results of the election. That's still being debated. But it was classified as disinformation. We've heard it from this administration over and over again. If anybody disagrees right. with their policy, right. it is disinformation. Right. Here's what I would say, too, to the whole idea of policing disinformation or misinformation and I will say, oftentimes, that is in the eye of the beholder. Yes. Okay? It depends on what point of view you have, whether somebody on the other side is uh, espousing something that is not true, in uh, your view, is not true. Maybe it's factually untrue. I would say this. It is still not the role. Now, I haven't thought through this whole thing, so I'm just going on my gut here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I, I think I'm right on this. It's not the role of the federal government to police uh, information or misinformation on subjects. Uh, well, well uh, the only way, because the reasons I just mentioned, it's partisan. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're going to be using partisan viewpoints to, for instance. Masks don't work. Masks do work. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's t- let's just throw that one out as an example. So if I said masks don't work to prevent COVID, if I said that on American Family Radio, which I just did, but I'm using a hypothetical right. here, then uh, based on this Ministry of Truth, that's that's my words, or this disinformation board, mm-hmm. misinformation board by the federal government, what if that applies also? Uh, Comes up, they get they give authority to the CDC to decide that. Mm-hmm. Okay, then somebody's going to say, "Well, Wildman said that masks don't work in preventing the spread of COVID. That is misinformation. We're fining American Family Radio fifty thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars, or uh, we're going to take away their license to broadcast." Uh, now I'm using a extreme scenario. I understand that, but I'm just telling you where. Where what starts out as uh, a, quote, good idea to get the proper information out mm-hmm. turns into whoever controls the federal government agencies decides what's misinformation, what is disinformation, and how to punish people who who have who, – who. so I would say – here's my bottom line on that is – it's not it's the it is the job of the of the of the press and the media and I know the media is biased but still it's the jo- it's the job of those people to disem- to to critique misinformation disinformation and then let the American people make up their own mm-hmm. mind it's not the job of the federal government to make a decision and then punish a a a viewpoint that they disagree with. Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. And Mayorkas was trying to say, well, we're just going to, we're worried about the Russians uh, disseminating informa- bad information into the country. Here's the problem with that. The person they have chosen, the Biden administration has chosen to head 
this disinformation board. Her name is Nina Jankowitz. Nina Jankowitz. When you get a chance, go on YouTube and have a look at this. Chris this, is laughing over she, there. This, Why this, are you this, laughing, Chris? If, if she was a cereal, she would be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you been practicing up on that line no, all weekend? She it she makes uh, she makes one of the people in the uh, Hunger Games movie see, appear sane. Yeah. No. Okay. So this is the the person. That's in charge. That Mayorkas put in charge. That's who. That's who. That's who Chris just described as what? Uh, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah. I, I did watch a video on her. She likes to sing and yeah, do parody she's, songs. She's an unusual personality, and she's partisan. Oh yeah. She she is all the way left wing Democrat. Yeah. She's not just a Democrat. She's a left winger. So that's that's why you've had right. Such you put excitement. her in charge. Uh, that it's a, it's a great example. You put her in charge. Mm -hmm. of a disinformation uh, board and then give them some kind of authority to penalize people, then you can see why. Now, did Newt Gingrich speak out about this? He did, oh, yeah. yes. Okay. And I do have uh, the audio here. we have a minute for this? Yeah, we Brent? do. Okay, yeah. Former, Gingrich, uh, former Speaker Gingrich on Fox & Friends, clip four. This is a censorship board. Now, the First Amendment of the Constitution says you can't make any law that affects free speech. So Mallorcas, who I think should be impeached immediately, and the board should be defunded immediately, uh, Mallorcas is essentially explaining that they're going to be break the Constitution, exercise censorship, and that's what it is, censorship, and we're supposed to trust their appointees, <laughs> who are all left-wingers, uh, to be fair and neutral. This is nonsense. I mean, these people are crazy. And I think we need to understand what they're trying to do is a total violation of the American Constitution, by the way, by a man who admitted to Jim Jordan that uh, he didn't know how many uh, terrorists had actually made it in the U.S., where they were, what was happening with them. So his real job to protect the American people is not being done, while his new job to censor you and me is being done. Yeah. Well, Bingo. Mm, I, you know, this administration just con continues to be an utter and complete failure mm -hmm. i mean their buffoonery yeah. comes to mind huh? yeah. foolishness and uh the polls are showing it huh it's okay. just uh so jen Psaki, the press secretary for uh president will she speak to this today you think uh, uh Chris? i would if, imagine if uh, somebody ask her well Ducey's probably going to ask her maybe yeah. uh, maybe jackie he uh, heinrichs uh, that's the other fox reporter that from time to time is in those yeah. press briefings yeah uh, November can't get here soon enough. <laughs> I love summer, but I'm telling you, uh, the, uh, elections in the, in the fall are going to be uh, huge in determining whether Americans are going to continue to accept this right. kind of stuff, or we're going to make a reversal, at least put a stop to yeah. it. Well, that's why some people have pointed out that Biden is throwing out this idea of, you know, paying off student loans. You're, he's as Stuart Varney said last week. He's trying to buy votes. He's trying to get things in his favor. That's how Democrats news. get elected. Chris. Oh yeah, they buy votes. <laughs> but huh? the American that's people, been going on for. I know what you're saying. Right. But that's been going on for 50 years. But the American people aren't buying it. Right. The polls, even from left wing uh, media, the polls coming out all show that the American people do not trust this administration. Nope. All right, we're going to take a break right here. 
and we shall return with more of today's issues after this short time out. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Retailers are packing up and leaving San Francisco faster than you can say rice a 17 Walgreens now closed. Nearly every Gap store is gone, and CVS is not far behind. The reason is shoplifting. It's become an epidemic in San Francisco, in large part because of a change in the law. Nonviolent thefts are now considered to be misdemeanors, if the stolen goods are worth less than $950. When that happened, well, it became open season on local stores. The most recent, a Walgreens, when a guy rode into the store on a bicycle and stole nearly everything on the shelves. City leaders say they are perplexed. They don't know how to fix the problem. Spoken like true liberals, here's what needs to happen. Change the law. Unleash the police. Impose jail time. Hard jail time for shoplifters. Otherwise, folks in San Francisco are going to have to drive to Sacramento to get their prescriptions refilled. I'm Todd Starnes. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, 
verse 14. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. That's the name of this program, Today's Issues. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodbrew. Thank you for listening. Should you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net. Comments at AFR.net. Did you guys see where Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi went to uh, Ukraine? Yeah. Yeah. And did I get she went to support uh, Slovensky? Yeah. President. I'm kind of surprised that I give her a thumbs up for that. Um, I, I should note that's my first thumbs up ever. <laughs> it's the first time for Nancy Pelosi, but uh, yeah, I give her credit for that. Going over there to uh, physically, um, you know, encourage the uh, president mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of the uh, Ukraine. She got an award, too. She did. She was given the Order of Princess Olga Award. Uh, I had to look it up, but it's a Ukrainian civil decoration featuring Olga of Kiev and is bestowed to women for, quote, personal merits in state production, uh, scientific, educational, cultural, charity, and other spheres of social activities for upbringing children and families. I'm surprised she didn't reject that award because it's it's woman-specific, right? It is. And she herself, you know, she did announce that rule a year or two ago that they were going to use gender. But terms Democrats in aren't into, they aren't into women, men, uh, separation. Except mm. when the award benefits them. <laughs> Princess Olga. Olga, that's, that sounds like a Ukrainian name, doesn't it? She'll be putting that plaque on her wall. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she was over there. Is she back in the U.S. now? Do you know? I believe uh, so. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, the next story we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm is uh, symbolic of what's happening around the country with respect to what's going on in schools that parents are just now finding out about or that these extreme lefties are trying to push into public schools all over America in different ways and different guises. As we noted uh, last week or the week before, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, he's, he... he, he uh, found 40 math books, I guess different, in the state of Florida. Am I right about this, 40? That were, that if you got into the math books, they were using math, they were using it to push like a critical race theory. Right. Yeah. And um, things of that nature inside of a math book, if you can believe it. And he provided examples of this. It wasn't something that he made up. Mm -hmm. And that was in math books. Um, so, uh, parents are on watch all over the country now, uh, we, we saw what happened in Virginia about this woke, liberal, uh, extreme liberal ideology per quote progressive being pushed in schools in various different, uh, classes. And, uh, Chris, you have a, I know some people say, we well, all 
conservatives are making this stuff up. This really doesn't exist. Well, here's another example. You have an example out of Missouri, right? I do, yes. What, what, uh, tell us uh, where this what, what where this happened and what happened. Yeah, uh, a group of parents are fighting mad uh, west of St. Louis, and they've lawyered up about this. Uh, the Southeastern Legal Foundation is representing the parents, and the uh, foundation is calling for an investigation into whether a school district is violating the privacy rights of students and their families by having students fill out mandatory surveys that include questions about the kid's sexual orientation their gender identity, and this is where it gets really murky, the political beliefs of their parents. Now, where specifically, where did this happen? It happened a- in a Webster Grove School District, which if you look at it on the map, just west of it's, St. Louis. It's a St. Louis sub- suburb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Did you read about this, Fred? I read about this. Uh, yeah, they're being represented, the parents, by the Southeastern Legal Foundation. And according to the letter uh, from the foundation, high school students taking a government class have to take t- have to take two surveys, which identify the student's political affiliation, and take a screenshot to send to their teacher. The two surveys on political beliefs beliefs are the E Congress political ideology survey, and I mention that only because, as you just said, Tim, parents everywhere have to be on alert right now. You need to be on alert. And the uh, I slide with political quiz, which asks questions about an array of issues to determine the respondent's political ideology and political party. Now, I don't have anything, uh, any problem with political science courses being taken. No. How about taking, how about courses dealing with the U.S. Constitution? Right. And how it came about. Right. And the importance Good of Good old-fashioned social studies or U.S. government. Yes. But why... Would you want to know the political affiliation of the student and the parents? What are you up to there, teachers? Right. What are you up to, school district? Right. What's going on there? Right. You know, I agree completely. I think that's appalling. And what what, what else did they want to know? That, was this was this compulsory or voluntary? It was mandatory. According to the Southeastern Legal Foundation, uh, the uh, surveys were mandatory. And that uh, legal group has sent a letter on behalf of uh, the parents to Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, so, who is a Republican. So it's compulsory mm-hmm. uh, or mandatory. Yes. And what do they want to know again the, on, the, on the survey? This is a survey distributed to the students mm-hmm. of the Webster what? Uh, Webster Groves School District. In Greater St. Louis. Okay. Yes. And, and it asked what again? It wanted to know the kids' sexual orientation and their gender gender identity as well as the political beliefs of their parents. Yeah. Well, if if that story is just as we've read it, I think you're probably going to find some school board members uh, upset as well. Uh, If they're not, they'll probably be out of a job like they were in Virginia. Well, this is the same thing that happened in Virginia uh, just over a year ago. Coming out of the pandemic, parents started to see what their kids, the indoctrination their kids were undergoing in, in classrooms. Yeah. Then we had the uprising at the school board meetings, and we had the school board association of the country writing a letter to the attorney general of the United States. Send and the attorney general says, "Yeah, we'll send some FBI agents to the next school board meeting just to make those parents behave, and they better not question you." Yeah. Well, uh, next story, Chris. Well, this falls into that, uh, and this lady here says that this is a problem that's happening nationwide. Uh, there is a mother in Florida. Her name is January Littlejohn, and she is uh, suing her uh, school system because, as Littlejohn claims, they helped her daughter transition 
at school without the mother's consent. I have a little bit of the audio from the mother, clip 11. My daughter at the height of the pandemic expressed confusion over her sex. And this was after three other friends in her peer group also had suddenly started identifying as transgender. Unfortunately, this is becoming a common occurrence among teen girls, especially. And once school started, about three weeks into school, my daughter got into the car and said, Mom, we had a meeting and they asked me which restroom I wanted to use. So after many weeks of going back and forth with the district, because initially when I asked what happened at the meeting, they told me they cannot tell me anything about the meeting because my daughter was now protected by a non-discrimination law. But eventually we did see the transgender support plan, which was a six page document that they completed with my daughter that was 13 at the time behind closed doors. One other interesting thing here about this situation is not only is January Littlejohn the mother here, she's also a mental health professional, which leads me to believe right. she knows a little thing or two about what she's talking about in terms of, I believe I'm this or that. Hey, we get calls here regularly about this happening. But what I'm talking about is where children slash kids slash teenagers are expressing to their parents that they don't know what gender they are. Yeah. Or are they are they identifying as the opposite sex? Uh, this is tr if you can believe this or not, ladies and gentlemen, listeners. This is trendy. Yeah. Among uh, young people mm -hmm. today, it's trendy to be trans or to be what well, they call it non-binary uh, or to be, you know, to, uh, to say you're confused about your sexuality. This has never been a problem ever in human history until the last few years here in the United States and maybe some other European countries, maybe Canada too, mm -hmm. because of all the, all the, uh, uh, promotion of the LGBTQ lifestyle that's being promoted through the media it's everywhere yeah uh you you can't you can't even watch a com uh, television show on any channel almost where you're not going to see this promoted in the commercials may not be promoted in the tv show the companies are priding themselves on <clears throat> you know how much lgbt stuff oh, they yeah. can they can get into their even their television commercials so and certainly in Hollywood, they're just flooded. They're just flooding messages out uh, promoting this, and so it's no wonder, I guess, that the younger people are, and they, and it's being promoted, as you just said, oftentimes in school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I never thought I'd see the day where being a trans uh, is uh, something to be, you know, lauded. Uh, but that's that's the way it is today. Right. Well, and this and and let's go back. In, just, pop, in pop culture. Just a few weeks. The outcry when Governor DeSantis of Florida uh, passed this law protecting parental rights. Yeah. Remember the parental rights law, which the media insisted on calling Don't Say Gay. And it was to protect the precious little minds of kindergartners through grade three against being indoctrinated by their teachers with regards to sexual orientation. Right, right. Now, I hope you noted in in that clip from that mom, the other thing was, we don't want your parents to know. And I think she said they were the, the school district in question there is hiding behind a non-discrimination act. Mm -hmm. 
that we're not going to tell mom and dad what we're right. doing to you. Right. Uh, because- That's illegal. That's just flat illegal. Yeah. And I'm, I hope that who, who's representing this. Uh- I don't have the name of the attorney. It wasn't one of the uh, firms that we talk about, but uh, I can do more with the story later today. You to can't do that. Fill in the you just can't do that. You cannot subject children to this kind of indoctrination, this kind of personal invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking them what their parents' political affiliation is. Why do you need to know that? Yes. Huh? So you can find out if they're conservative or they're Christian, so you can oh. uh, know yes. that you don't tell them such and such. I mean, that's what yeah. it sounds like. That's Why would you it, need to know that? Well, and here's the thing. What what has happened in, in, in broad terms across our country is that you have the teachers' union and you have uh, a thinking amongst education leaders in some Democrat-run areas that the school has the right to take your child and re-educate, indoctrinate them into left-wing anti-Christian ideologies. That's what's going on here. Yeah. And and parents <clears throat> parents in Virginia woke up. Parents across this country are waking up yeah. to this. That, the, the pushing the sex education that the left-wingers promote the lgbtq and the critical race theory mm-hmm. which uh if you want to boil critical race theory down uh, in three words it would be whites or devils yep it's <laughs> true if i could synopsize the uh, critical race theory whites or devils mm-hmm. this from people who don't believe in devils but anyway that's mm-hmm. uh here nor there but that's 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 the two main things you got to watch out for today if your children are going to uh go to uh school mm-hmm. they need to be parents need to be aware of this i would say the vast majority of teachers and the vast majority of school administrators and the vast majority of school board members are not in favor of this stuff however it's slipped in mm-hmm. it's go it's all, often goes unopposed because even maybe uh, teachers or administrators who would be a, opposed to it or object to it or school board members they're intimidated they don't want to say anything to object because they're afraid that they'll be, uh, you know, they'll be blasted by uh, these these groups mm-hmm. on the on the far left and or uh, you know some fellow students or administrators. So that's that's the intimidation factor. You know, you're going to be a, a transphobe. You're going to be a homophobe. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a racist. I mean, they can throw these things at you if you oppose some of the things that I mentioned just a moment ago. You're listening to. Today's issues on American Family Radio. Next uh, story, Chris. Real quick, before I get into another story, I did find the name of uh, January Littlejohn's attorney. It is Vernadette Broyles uh, in the state of Florida there that is representing. Bernadette is doing that? Bernadette, yeah. See, I don't know. Bernadette. <laughs> I just wanted to say Bernadette. It's a, that's an unusual name. I have another um, school story here, uh, and I think it's a good time to bring it up, given our discussion about what happened uh in Missouri, Missouri what ha- what is happening in uh, Florida there. In Massachusetts, where Ed Vitagliano hails from, uh, there was a situation that's been uh, that brewing. That H-A-I-L-S. Yes. Chris, you <laughs> just, I'm just trying to interpret your hails for our... <laughs> yeah, uh, I am I don't Southern. want people to yes. email saying, quit cussing on I am a local radio. Boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, yes, sir. So that was eight, ladies and gentlemen, that was H-A-I-L-S that Chris said. Go ahead, yes. Chris. All right, in uh, Massachusetts, a uh, situation there I'm has a been southern, going on for a while. I'm a southern <clears throat> accent 
interpreter. Yes. Okay. That's that's, <laughs> that's role what you I identify play. as. Yes, I'm a Southerner okay. myself, but I've traveled the country and I know how the people look at us when we say words that they don't understand. So I, I just feel the need to be an interpreter. <laughs> you, you see what? That's my calling. <laughs> okay. So go ahead, Chris. All right. In Massachusetts, uh, in the Somerville area, uh, there's a church there. It's a majority Hispanic church, and they wanted to start a Christian school there in the Somerville, Massachusetts area. Uh, for whatever reason, they had to get approval from a local school committee as to whether or not this church could have a school, again, for primarily Hispanic students there as part of their local Hispanic church. Um, and the church was confronted with all kinds of questions like, what are you going to be teaching? What are your beliefs about marriage and sexuality? Stuff like that. And uh, First Liberty Institute, as well as Massachusetts Family Institute, they got involved and had to write this school committee a letter, a demand letter, telling them that what you're doing against this church starting a school is wrong. Clip seven. That school committee is only supposed to look at, at sort of very basic things. You know, do you offer basic sorts of classes that we require of schools in Massachusetts? You know, it, are your facilities okay? Things like that. But instead, the Somerville School Committee began asking them about what are your religious beliefs? Are you going to be teaching creation in your school? Um, what are your beliefs regarding biblical standards of sexuality? Things like that that the school board has no, no right to, to delve into um, for private schools that are run by churches. Now, a bit of good news here. The uh, school committee did finally say, okay, the church can start a school. But really, it was rather it was rather uh, begrudgingly. And by the way, the audio there is from First Liberty Attorney Justin Bitterfield, Butterfield. He did tell me that they kind of did this begrudgingly because um, they realized they were going to get sued and they would lose if they went to court over this. Well, and, and once again, what they wanted to know about this group that wanted to start this school did you notice what are basically do you hold to Christian beliefs? Mm -hmm. Do you hold to biblical in beliefs? In Massachusetts. Now, yeah, what they want to do there, and this is Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Now, they're applying for like a, uh, a, a, a non, uh, a non, a nonprofit status is yes. that for in the state of it, yeah they they wanted permission for whatever reason they have to have permission from the local school board committee pretty much to start a private school. Okay. Well, that's that's not that's probably true in every all states, all fifty states. But as the attorney there just said, usually there's perfunctory or questions that are normal, like you know who's going to be meeting, uh, uh, or what what your I don't I don't know what they're going to teach math. Yeah, yeah, you're quite you're quite your normal questions about school. But what that kind of quite what was one of the questions about? Uh, are you going to be teaching creation? What are your beliefs about marriage? Okay, what they're wanting to do there. And who's who's asking them this? Uh, uh, the Somerville School Committee, I think, is what it's called. All right, what they want? If you, <laughs> all right, that's code. Those are code questions for if you don't believe in full-on LGBTQ rights, as they would describe them. In other words, you would teach uh, marriage by God's definition through the Bible is between one man and one woman, and there is no other definition. Okay, that's what Christianity t has taught for 2,000 years, <laughs> all right? That's that's not even been challenged to the last 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, it, that, whoever, it, it sounds like that, that whoever's going to issue this permission for them to have a school is going to say, uh, if you don't believe in gay marriage, you're not getting, you're not going to be able to have a school here. Uh, also, 
sounds like to me by this question about what was the question about creation are you going to be teaching creation okay where was this again i just want people to know we're not just pulling this out yeah. of thin air somerville massachusetts christian post has all right a good there article you go okay this. summer what they're going to say is if you teach uh um what, what they're saying with that question is if you teach uh creation as in god created the planet and mm -hmm. if you believe in the book of genesis uh, literally or quite frankly figuratively now I believe in it literally we, we t i'm talking about it sound like to me they would even probably come after them if they believed it was a uh, allegory right. for example uh to say that uh, if you're going to teach god created man and woman then we're going to consider that in terms of whether we give you permission to have a school or not. Yeah. Is it controlled in their doctrine? Yeah. That's what they're doing. Exactly. And and this is what has happened from the days that I went to school when the school system, for the most part, supported what the kids were being taught at home. Amen. Now we've changed to what you're being taught at home, John, right. Johnny or Jane, right. is dangerous. Right. Yeah. Is day and and we can't it's misinformation. Allow, yeah, we can't allow it. It's uh. And so tell me more about what fascism. You, what your mom and dad believe? Yes, right. yes. That's, uh, we we, that, we want to know that. Right. That I tell you what. Uh, now there's a couple reasons for what I'm about to say, but uh, homeschooling and uh, Christian education in particular has boomed in the last two years. Yes, yes. three years. Th well, homeschooling before that. Uh, one reason is the pandemic mm -hmm. because all the schools were shut down and then I had all these uh, COVID regulations that a lot of parents said, I don't want to mess with that. Mm -hmm. you know. And then secondly is this indoctrinate, this left-wing and uh, ideology that's being promoted. A lot of parents have said, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to go the Christian school route or I'm going to go the homeschool route, but I'm not going to take a chance on subjecting my kids to, you know, to the stuff we've mentioned here this mm -hmm. morning, so uh, that's that's going to I think that's going to continue to trend upward, both for Christian schools and for homeschools. Yeah. One other interesting thing here, uh, you know, this discussion involves the city of Somerville, Massachusetts. In 2020, the city of Somerville became the first uh, city in the in the country to say it was going to recognize what is referred to as polyamorous relationships. And that same city. I'm going to let you to, define that one, Kristen. Be careful. Polyamorous relationships yeah. or where someone has a partner uh, that they are intimate with, more than one person that they're intimate Promi with as part of a, we and used I'm using to call that quotes, sleeping couple. around. Yes. <laughs> or promiscuity. Huh? When yeah. when two or when three or more people so, do so something, what, what are you saying about the, they're going to do they do this they're doing what with that now? Well, Somerville, Massachusetts yeah. is the one that wanted to know what this Christian school was going to be teaching and what they had believed about marriage. Right. That same right. city is the first in the country to say it was going to recognize polyamorous relationships. Yeah, well, I don't mean to generalize, but you you, you get on the in the Northeast, or you get out in California. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of whacked out people. Mm -hmm. uh, can, can I be any more articulate than that, Fred? No. no. I mean, they're they're no. just they're 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 woke, whacked out, liberal uh, folks who and they're you talk about tolerant. They're the most intolerant. A lot yes. of them in these blue states, they are not tolerant at all of opposing views. That's why they want to know what this uh, this is. A Hispanic congregation mm -hmm. wanting to start a Christian school. That's why they want to know 
what they believe about the Bible and human sexuality before they give their blessing or their permission. So, all right, we're just about out of time. We got about two minutes. To go. You got any good news in that stack of stuff right there? You got now. I would say this: good news is the rising opposition. Yes. To all the stuff yes. we've talked about. Yes. So it's not hopeless here. Yes. There is a lot of positivity going on in our country. There's and, a great awareness. Yes, and a great yeah, and, and, and so there mm-hmm. there. I just want to say that. Go ahead, Chris. Well, a lot of the people that are ushering in uh, these policies, or the people in charge of making these bizarre policies, uh, tend to be leftist or liberal Democrats. And so uh, I alluded to this earlier in the program. There was a poll out, and granted, every day pretty much involves some poll that shows doom and gloom for Democrats. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, holds a little more water. It's an NPR poll, which finds uh, the forecast is very bleak You're for Democrats. To National Public it's, Radio. <laughs> yeah, this is brought to you by some foundation Made with seven by names. A grant by Exxon Mobil and uh, let's see, some vitamin company. Yes, here's your DVD to Downton Abbey. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, there's an NPR poll that finds uh, basically the future is very bleak for Democrats. They trail oh. the GOP with even groups that Democrats usually win, yeah. which goes to show you that it's yeah. not just far-right white people or whatever Democrats want to say You know, is yeah. the reason for all oh, this. Oh, no, they, they, if you believe the surveys, the Democrats are losing great ground with Hispanics in particular, which they've always counted on to vote for them, 62%, I think, of Hispanics voted for Biden, for example. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was reading all the reasons why the Democrats are losing Hispanic voters. And, uh, and it's, if you're, if you're, if you're a a leader in the Democrat party, you've got to be panicking right now because Mm -hmm. they have to have a 60 plus uh, percentage of Hispanic voters to win in many cases where you have swing districts or swing states. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the Democrats have got to count on nine out of ten blacks voting for them, and seven out of ten Hispanics voting for them, or else their chances drop dramatically. Mm-hmm. All right, we are out of time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And Chris, where do you hail from? I am from uh, just down the road, right. small town, uh, right. Amory, Mississippi. Right. Go Panthers, Seminoles, yeah. Tigers, Hamilton <laughs> Lions, Becker. Uh, I got it, All the Chris. Schools. You unleashed it, too. Right, right. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, our thanks to Chris Woodward. Fred and I Thank shall you. return with Steve Jordahl. Steve will be in studio with us in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.